0: a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening, so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined.
1: Oh, hello. Oh, Welcome hello. to Ruined, everyone. I'm Hallie. I'm Allison. And you already knew that. This is a live podcast where we ruin a horror movie just for you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for coming out. And by Thank that, I mean you. staying in. Yes,
2: honestly, great choices all around from a public safety perspective, from an entertainment perspective. Stay in, watch us. I think that's like the best move right now. Um,
1: I I don't want to put you on blast, Allison, but you know, she's a woman on the move, but in this case, has to be stationary (laughs) in one or two positions. How are you holding up?
2: Bad. I hurt my back again. Um, I don't think it's like a big serious surgery thing, but... uh, I definitely can't do a lot of stuff like sit down for long periods of time. <laughs> so I'm glad we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep it brief and we absolutely won't be. But um Nope, we never have and we aren't going to start now. <laughs> I would say at this point
1: you didn't hurt your back, your back start is hurting you. This is your back's fault.
2: It is hur- it is hurting me. It really is hurting me. I, I got my this time when my doctor my doctor called me and I was just like cuz I had to go to the hospital. It was like a whole I'm thing. I'm so sorry. And when my doc when I finally got to my surgeon, he like called me the other day and he was like hey, I'm uh, just going to send, like, prescribe you a whole bunch of different stuff. Just, like, take whatever you want. Oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's what, what a- medicine is when you're, like, nearing 40. They're just like, I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? Well, there's, like, where it's like,
1: um, oh, also everyone says thank you from the chat. Everyone's saying they missed oh. Allison and welcome back.
2: I mean, it feels so oh. good to be back. But also, also, like, I never left. This feels like uh, slipping into a warm bath.
1: <laughs> Which is, again, another terrible way to hurt your back. Um, Jill says, Allison, it's great to have you back. And, Hallie, your hair looks awesome. Thank it you. Does. Thank you. I'm I, not, I feel like everyone has a shag. Everyone go out and get a shag. We're all doing yeah. shag summers. We're all doing shags. Summer shags. Um, I'm so sorry that you had to deal with this. I, I do think there is something. If they didn't give you any every medication, you would just be in there every week. That's what getting older is. Right. It's like, I we, think, we can't have you back yes. tomorrow. Right, they're like, this, this lady
2: won't stop calling, so just send her a ton of, like, different drugs. And, like, I got Valium, I got muscle relaxers, I got them all. So, they're like, this should tide you over for a little while.
1: Um, and it's so nice to have you back. I mean, I feel Ugh. terrible that we're having our, our live show after horrific, historically horrific news. I mean... Um, which I, mean, I imagine is even more insane, as, as you guys know, as listeners, that Allison has been doing... A show in New York. Oh no, a show about abortion. And uh, oh yeah. you know, what has your experience been like? I mean, a, a terrible I imagine, like everyone else's. But where are you at mentally? Because oh, I'm not.
2: I'm not doing great. I'm not well. I am not well. I will say it has been like an absolute joy to um, have the show to channel all of my rage into every night instead of just like doom scrolling until I fall asleep. Which also I can't even do because I'm locked out of Twitter. Right oh, now.
0: and the. Yeah. Right
2: before they announced the they announced the SCOTUS oh, no. case, like it was like that morning. I tried to log in and it had been hacked or whatever, and I just like haven't been on Twitter since.
1: <laughs> Which makes you like, did one was it you know Brett Kavanaugh like did yeah. one of them hack your Twitter because they knew oh she's gonna tweet about it let's just cut out, cut her
2: out. It really does can. feel that way, yeah.
1: So damn.
2: How are you doing? Do you have your cocktail? I have to I say, have this cocktail. is one of my favorite cocktails we've done.
1: I'm really enjoying it. I will say, so uh, if you're enjoying it at home, um, this is uh, supposed to be dry vermouth, uh, creme de cassis, and club soda. Refreshing, sort of an Aperol spritz, but with more of a black yes. currant.
2: Um, yes, very Amalfi Coast.
1: Yes, refreshing. pre dinner drink. Um, so I, I thought I had dry vermouth. I, in fact, have sweet vermouth. Oh. And I thought I had club soda, but in fact, have seltzer. So I'm just drinking a gin and tonic with creme de cassis in it. Oh, but that's a Delicious. great drink. Absolutely yes. refreshing. Wish I had a little bit of lemon slice. That would have really mm-hmm. taken it next level. Yeah, I went next level,
2: a little lemon peel.
1: But, yeah, mentally, not well. But, you know, not well. I, yesterday I just I, I ate a ton of wings. I feel like that helped. Oh, that's and, something. And, um, yeah, I— um, you know, uh, I, I, I don't t- usually talk about my day job, but I work for Crooked.com, which is like a progressive podcasting company, like a media yeah. company. So in case you're looking at all, if you're like, what am I supposed to be doing? Um, They've got uh, great information on one of their websites, VoteSaveAmerica slash row. Um, and also if you just go to Crooked.com, like they they have great uh, local resources and like ways to feel not completely horrified. I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, uh, the Supreme it's horrifying. Court, uh, you know uh, what are we going to do? I don't know about that, but in terms of providing actual services to to people um in the interim, they've got a lot of great information. I don't know, yeah. man. I guess, you know, and and that's that's kind of what I wanted I just wanted to talk about this just cuz like yeah. I was not mentally in a good place to see the movie we we're going to talk about. No. And No, and like I, everything yes. I
2: do now is work. Like every even things I enjoy, like eating, which I guess is kind of the beginning and end of the list of things I Wait, enjoy. I was
1: going to say number two. Okay, that's it.
2: That's it. But like even that, I'm just like everything just like feels and tastes and looks bad now, and this is terrible. And and
1: yeah, hey, it's just exhausting. Um, but we're gonna have fun tonight, and you know, this is a break. Kind of. Exactly. We want you to sit back, relax, and hear about uh, a movie I, re- I think is a really great movie, but a movie I was not mentally prepared for. But I will say, if you're watching and you're someone who doesn't watch horror movies, this to me is like, this really is a service. Because I do not, even if you're like, ah, I'm on the borderline, and also the, sh- the movie's doing fine. You know what I mean? They're doing, they're doing great, so we're not right. saying don't buy a ticket. If you're gonna, you're gonna. But if you are someone who cannot handle seeing children in danger... I would advise you to please not watch this movie because you know my feelings. I've talked about this before. Yeah. And I think it's actually earned, but the movie, because it's well done and because it's about children in danger, just feels like a metaphor for all the ways that we let children down, you know, uh, contemporarily in general in American society, which is scary, but in a different way. It's much sort of like seeing hereditary where I'm like, you're filled with dread. Like it's not necessarily like, oh, fun scares. This is like just watching, like, oh God, please! Yeah. Why must children suffer? So. Oh
2: God. I you know A nice light Sunday evening for everybody. <laughs> yeah.
1: But we're gonna have, <laughs> we're gonna have fun, and you know we're gonna it's gonna be great, and. It could have been more. It could have been more horrifying. I'll, I'll say that up top in case okay. you're like, "Oh no, there's you know." They could have done some worse stuff with it, which we'll get into. Um, and of course, uh, let's get us started. Uh, We're going to all watch Allison watch the trailer and then um, have a little bit of a conversation about it. So I'm going to ta- whisk myself away behind the veil of of the of underworld. Oh, and a drinking game, Allison. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to say every time the black phone rings, but again, if if anyone has to do anything tonight, you're going to be unconscious. So, <laughs> um, boy, I'm going to say every time I mention the villain's mask changing, every time I I, I mention oh, okay. a new mask, okay, drink then, because so otherwise, mask great. Yes, otherwise, I think we're going to have uh, some alcohol poisoning on our on our
2: hands. Yeah, drink responsibly. Um, so. Uh, but well, you know that's a good marker for us to use.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. So every time I mention a mask change, I'm gonna say every time somebody curses Jesus, I would say, or we can go mention Jesus. Have has a complicated relationship. Anytime anyone mentions Jesus in this movie, take a drink. All right, all right. I'm gonna step aside. Okay, and I'll be back. No. Yeah, not good. I'll tell you, not not good. great.
2: <laughs> um, I did, Anna. I agree. No thanks to. No, thank you, magic tricks. I, when he was like, I'm a part-time magician. I'm like, this is already terrifying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jill says, never trust a man in a top hat. Couldn't agree with you more, Jill. Because yeah. either he's a magician or some sort of evil, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's best
2: case scenario.
1: Sorceress. Or, yeah, he's like a billionaire. You know what I mean? Right. Either way, you don't want to involve yourself. No, not at all. Bell says, Allison's face is very much accurate to the situation here. Yeah, there's really only one face, and it's, oh, no. No, the no. children. And, and then Kinsley, Kinsley literally thought the villain was Willy Wonka. Unfortunately, yes. he does have a whimsical nature mm. that honestly kind of skews at certain points a little Michael Jackson. And I'm assuming that oh. was a deliberate choice. And boy, I'll tell you, terrifying. You know what I mean? I'm not good. talking la- la- later days, Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you you see where we're going with this. Um, mm-hmm. but boy, um, what are your thoughts? Where where, where what was the
2: moment that hit you the hardest? I mean, I have to say, those are scary masks. Like those are just those are masks that are scary. Like, like just visually. But like, ooh, just like the van pulling around the corner. I was just like, I'm already out. Like, this is too scary already. Yeah, and (laughs) a van is scary. The movie
1: plays it so like. I mean, there are like as you you know a phone that we're you know uh, the previous victims of a killer could talk to you. It's obviously supernatural, but. Everything is played very realistically, and I feel like it makes it so much scarier and more awful.
2: I think that's, like, the vibe. Like, it was, I'm like, I remember, like, we talked about this trailer, like, back when it dropped, and I was like, oh, my God, are we going to do this movie? This looks like the scariest fucking thing I've ever seen. And I think it's because of all the realism and not the, like... Ooh, it's spooky. There's like weird mist, or like kind of it's just all like played so authentically that you're just like, oh, cool. Did this happen? Like, ugh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's clearly drawing from, you know, stories of children abduction. You mean the van of it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the idea of like what realistically your, your siblings would be going through is part of it. Um, and I will say, so we had talked about doing a couple different movies for the for Allison's first show back. We talked about doing men. I'm gonna be honest, we'll do it for the pot. I, I I was disappointed. I thought Men was going to be just uh, uh, knock my socks off chaos. Yeah, it was fine. I, you know, we'll definitely do it. Um, and then we were gonna. I was uh, thinking of doing um, uh, David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future, and I, it, it, which I really do enjoy as a movie, but uh, it it opens with a child's death, and I thought, oh. That's ain't, too much. For not. some reason, I then said, let's do the black phone, the entire premise of which is a young boy gets kidnapped and has to escape his captor. Why did I think that would be any better? What is wrong with me? I mean,
2: it's okay. We all make mistakes. Thank <sighs> you. But it's going to be great. And also... It's going to be great.
1: Yeah. We're... And it also, like, this is... Luckily, we have a bunch of horror movies coming in the future. We're obviously going to go do Nope, you know, as our next one, because that's coming out in July. But um, let us begin. Um, And of course, before we will, um, also, we always like to take a baseline, Scary. How scary do you find the concept of having to um, rely on or ask
2: the spirit realm for like practical, everyday, real help? I mean not very scary because they seem not helpful. Like it seems like maybe in this movie they are and there's a lot of like specifics that they're able to throw out, but like I think about like if the spirit world existed and I had passed into that realm, I would be I would immediately forget everything <laughs> that existed on earth because that's how like I don't know what I had for lunch today. Like right, I don't yeah. know like like so I like I wouldn't be a very helpful person in that scenario if it were reverse. So I can only imagine. <laughs> That everybody would be like, oh, you can't just, like, walk through things? Oh, that's weird. I forget. Anyway, that's what I would do. Like...
1: And I think that makes sense because it's also like it's like the uh, uh, the sort of the question of if you went back in time and it's like oh I would tell people about technology it's like I can't explain how a cell phone works so it's like no. as a ghost it's like how do I get out of here like oh I don't know I I didn't get out of here like the reason I'm a ghost is um I didn't do it so I'll, I'll give you the information I have but um right after that that's up to you man and um yeah like I'm dead so anything that requires yeah. not being right. dead or, I didn't
2: figure it out
1: yeah so. I don't know so. Um, Kristen Chris says, the real question is, does the Top Hat and Whimsy make the grammar a gay icon as well? I, I, only in as much as, like, Jeffrey Dahmer is a gay icon. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say that. I, I think he is, um, uh, no, I don't think he makes the icon list. Um, I guess the question is, does the, I mean, the Babadook, hmm. And it's tough, because it's against the weeds, like, the Duke did technically make someone kill a dog and um, spoiler of course for the Baba Duke So no, I'm going to say does it doesn't deserve to be an yeah. icon. Um, and, um, yes, thank you, Sabrina. It quotes underneath. She said, uh, because the Baba Duke has a top hat, it is a gay icon. Thank you. <laughs> yes, we, True. um, no, I don't think this person deserves it whatsoever. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I'm happy to leave with that. And, again, Bob Duke, I guess, maybe there's a little more removed because he is a, an entity, a supernatural person. Unfortunately, this is just Ethan Hawke. This is just some guy. Yeah,
2: just a guy. Who, in, you know, lives in your town. And that is, like so terrifying. Good for Ethan Hawke. I feel like I haven't seen him in anything in a long time, and this feels like such a departure from the kinds of roles that he has played. So, really? And so, it's
1: Interestingly, so the um, the director is Scott Derrickson, and is co-written by Derrickson and Robert C. Robert Cargill, and they, of course, were the duo behind Sinister from 2012, which we did on the pod, which also stars Ethan Hawke. Oh, he so was I got
2: it. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, so I gotta imagine. Oh, okay. You know, we we need someone, as the villain. Like, we're gonna yeah. call up Ethan Hawke. Um, and also, this is um, based on a 2004 short story of the same name by Joe Hill, who, of course, is the son of Stephen King. And I, I know jo- Joe Hill is his own entity and is his own writer. This, to me, is such a Stephen King story. Like, it's like small town. Mm-hmm. Like, even the phrasing is like, you know, he has sort of these folksy little phrases. You know, it's set in the 70s. This feels very um, Stephen yes. King in a way that, like, uh, Stephen King's It, which we still need to do, um, is. But let us begin. Um, and uh, before we do, Allison, please. Would you like to guess the twist in The Black Phone?
0: the twist
2: I'm gonna guess that maybe the grabber is supernatural okay that there's something like undead maybe about him because like if these victims are already in the mix like maybe he ought, maybe it's his spirit I also like I'm gonna go ahead and like go on a limb and be like hmm does he have a dark uh, abusive childhood behind him that he is perhaps uh, relitigating with others? <laughs> Boy, you know, you would think so, yeah. That, um,
1: yeah. Again, having seen a bunch of these movies, I think uh, you're picking up on some themes. There's
2: some themes. There's well, some themes. Well, they
1: say in the trailer, and I, you know, we're going to talk about it. But he says, like, that phone didn't work since I, I was a child. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not good that you were a yes. child down here.
2: Yeah, you've been here since. The- yeah. So this, yeah. I gotta guess that there's a traumatic past uh, making its way.
1: Yeah, don't abuse your children is sort of the, definitely the, yeah. don't abuse any children. Yeah. Um, Amanda, the calls were coming from inside the cell. Oh boy, I mean, in a sense, in a, yeah. in a sense they are.
2: Natalie said, uh, Ethan Hawke is the one calling the phone. That's interesting. Good. I That's like really that. That's
1: really good. Ooh, Maddie, twist, <gasps> the boy and Ethan Hawke are the same person.
2: Abby said, the twist, the grabber is one of the missing kids grown up this Ooh, is boy. so good these are really these are good really good I'm, also if these aren't the twists then I'm like can we have those movies because that sounds like really interesting
1: <laughs> Oh Jamie if he escapes he becomes the next grabber I like that we're setting up stakes or, you know like yeah. if he stays maybe that's the the ultimately the the cosmically right thing to do yes all right well time to find out so let us begin ruining the black phone we open in. You know, uh, suburban paradise, 1978, North Denver, at a children's baseball game. And it's summertime, and kids are here from all over town to watch the, you know, the the two titans of um, children's baseball. Little League, yeah. (laughs) Little League. And I'm, again, I'm not good at ages. I'm going to say these kids are in middle school I'm going to say seventh grade it, and I, if I'm wrong, right. I apologize, but that I think. That seems right to me yes.
2: from looking at that. They're definitely
1: not high school, but I, they're definitely older than fifth grade. So I think, you know, six to eight seems like a reasonable thing. I'm going to say our, our main character we're about to meet, we're, I'm going to say seventh grade and we'll, we'll go from there. Um I, I also could be wrong. They could be four. I, mean, I It's none of
2: my business. It does, we can't figure that out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we meet our protagonist, Finney Blake, and he's pitching against a uh, sort of the star player from the other team, Bruce Yamada. Um, and, of course, that's how baseball works. Uh, you know, two teams and everything. And uh, we see in the stands that Finney's younger sister, Gwen, is watching. They're very close in age, so I'm going to say she's in sixth grade. So, again, both in middle school, but clearly children. You know what I mean? These are not kids with their, like, learner's permit. Um, and she's watching as well as Finney's crush, this girl Donna. And of course, Finney's like, the pressure is on. He's pitching, you know. It, he his, you know, this girl he likes is watching. He throws two excellent strikes. Again, don't know anything about sports, but in his final throw, Bruce knocks it out of the park, full home run, knocks it Aww. over the fence, winning the game, and everyone cheers for Bruce. And, of course, Finney is disappointed, but Bruce, you know, he's a gracious winner. He comes over, and he tells him, and again, which feels like a very uh, Stephen King line, your arm is mint. You almost had me. And they sort of, like, shake hands and have, like, very a nice Stephen moment. King. Yeah. And um, so it's sort of like, you know, Finney lost, but, you know, we're still friends. You know, we see, and they and they, they don't know, they, they are not friends. They just happen to be from on rival teams. So... We see Bruce biking around, like, the North Denver suburbs ostensibly later that day, and he's sort of, like, basking in his wind, and, like, these two girls from school wave to him, like, oh, Bruce. And meanwhile, Finney is on the baseball diamond, and he's launching a rocket. Like, sort of, like, you, like, launching yourself, and then it has a parachute that comes down. Is there a name for that? I don't know. But he sort of,
2: yeah. like, you would get in, like, a kit that you, like, launch yourself. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, but, uh. I don't and think it, that's the name. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out, like, what
1: rocket it would have been. Like, if it's, like what, what, what rocket year, are we nodding yeah. to? And I guess there were so many Apollo launches. So I'm going to say maybe it's here, like, an Apollo oh, like kit. A space thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know space. And uh, Bruce sees it. He's far enough away, but he sees the parachute down. And everything is right in the world. And, like, we're having such a great time. And then Allison, we see a black van pull out in front of Bruce's bike. And we cut to the, the credit montage for the black phone. And in the montage, which is terrifying and it, it, it's very reminiscent of this sinister opening credits. If you remember, mm-hmm. with those very grainy um, home videos um, oh, yeah. from that movie of uh, horrible things happening to different families, this is sort of like the different um, missing children's posters going okay. up over time. So oh, this God. is okay. this is something that is affecting this this area. Over what seems like to be about two years. Like, it seems like it doesn't seem longer than that, but like, I'm also like, that's it's not a like a week. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's like, a lot. That's a lot of kids. So we catch up with Finney and Gwen, and they're getting ready for school. So the implication is like, that was like July, now it's September, October, everyone has coats on. And, you know, uh, you think that uh, children being abducted as bad guys. Well, unfortunately, as if that wasn't bad enough, Finney and, and Gwen's father is an abusive alcoholic. So it's like, you can't win for trying. You're trying to have a normal life and not get grabbed off the street. Right. Your dad is a a, a You're not safe at home. Yeah. Yeah. And we learn more about him. Obviously, he's going through a lot of trauma. The mother is not there. We will find out why. It's a very traumatic reason. Uh, Clearly, he he has, like, (laughs) collapsed into alcoholism, and he's taking it out on his children, who, again, are babies. You know, like, they are not like, okay, we're getting out of the house. They are there. They're going to be there for a long time. And he's clearly, like, putting vodka in his coffee, and he's snapping at Finney, like, when Ugh. he slurps his cereal. And Gwen sort of drops the, the door of the bread box, and he glares at her. Mm. And we don't know anything about the mother. Okay. But the one terrible, well, the silver lining of living in this hellscape is that Gwen and Finney are very close. So they're, like, actually friends. Ooh, yeah. And um, so they kind of have each other to rely on, which is really nice. That's good. And um, as they well and again, this is also like, is this what 1978 was like? I don't know, I don't <laughs> but I'm going to take it as as gospel truth. And so they're walking to school. All the other kids are walking to school, and they stop and they see that uh, Mr. Yamada has put up new missing posters. So we are seeing Bruce's missing poster. So Bruce. Aw. It's months later. Bruce aw. is not going to come back. Brucey. But again, your parents would never stop looking. They would never stop. Of course. You know. Yes. Um, but they don't have time to really dwell on that because all the kids are running past them to gather around a fight and everyone's shouting, fight, fight, fight. Did kids ever fight in your high school, Allison? I can really only remember, like, one actual, like, huge fight where people were, like, gathered around.
2: Yeah, it, it wasn't, like, a regular thing. Like, it was mm-hmm. definitely, like, the kind of thing where, like, I think over the four years that I, or whenever, whenever I was in school, like, there were probably a few over time, but it wasn't like it was like an event if it happened. It wasn't like kids are constantly getting into big fights and everybody's looking at it.
1: Yeah. Um, Gabriel says Abusive Alcoholic Father is a square on the Stephen King bingo card. Absolutely. An abusive alcoholic <laughs> father who's have to is gonna have to learn a lesson, okay, about oh. his children. Um, and Bell says, so it's like a grassroots with antlers that arrested development, abusive parents and unwelcome
2: magicians. Oh God. <laughs> Cassie said the mother sells carabiners. Cassie, maybe With Neil she, Prescott,
1: maybe she's selling them up in heaven to the angels, okay? Because oh. uh, I mean, maybe angels. There's probably a lot of like you know they have to go different Repelling altitudes. Yeah, 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 we don't know how angels work. Um, at least I don't. I don't. Um, so they all run over to gather around. Also, sorry, I keep putting my hair up. It's as I turn the AC off, the temperature in this room is r- skyrocketing. Yes. So I'm, I'm just going to be sweating, yeah. and you cool. know we're all we're all going to have a good time. Um, so they run over to the fight and it's this big guy, Moose, that every he's sort of like the school bully. Everyone hates this guy. And he's picked on a smaller, but clearly scrappier kid named Robin Ariano. So everyone's like, oh, well, Moose is going to win. He's like, you know, he's maybe, he's in eighth grade, but like he's the biggest kid in school. Robin just kicks this kid's ass, gets him on the ground and starts punching Moose in the face until blood is like pouring out of his mouth. And that's another thing is this movie has a lot of children fighting each other in a way where I was like, I guess there was such more of a tolerance of like, well, nobody's like following these kids. Like nobody's like checking up on them. Right. You know, like the parents. I guess that's
2: like what happened. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I know we're all snowflakes now, but like the idea of like having to like have your child punch someone in the mouth until they're bleeding is like, I, you know, somebody should be checking in on the kids. That's the moral of this movie. Someone check in on the kids. Somebody check in. Um, And everyone's, like, cheering, like, yeah, get him, because everyone hates Moose, because he's, like, this notorious bully. And um, Finney's really disturbed by it, and Finney's sort of this more, like, sensitive, like, science, math type of person, and he pulls Gwen away, even though Gwen's like, hell yeah, I want blood. And they keep walking to school, and Gwen's like, you know, Robin is the toughest kid in school after— pinball Vance Hopper got taken. So sort of the guy who used to be the the toughest kid in school has already been abducted
2: the year previous. (sighs) He's like, if he's
1: taken that kid, he's going to be snatched up
2: all these kids. Also, like, if all these kids were, like, disappearing, I would move. Also, or, like, walk (laughs) your kid to school. Pick your... Like, you'd
1: think, if this has been going on for months, and we find out that they're... Bruce Bruce was the fifth kid... In seemingly about two years to be taken, somebody, just everyone pick a day. Everyone yeah. on the block, you you in the morning, you walk all the kids to school.
2: Yes. What are we right. doing? Right. I Yes. It's absolutely so, insane.
1: <laughs> and they have dubbed the person who takes the kids, everyone just refers to it as the grabber. So, like, they don't know who it is. They, they no no information. But it's like, of course, it becomes like this, like, urban legend or whatever. Yeah. And Finney tells Gwen, like, I don't want you to say that name around me. And Gwen's like, that's just a rumor. Like, he, the rumor is, if you say the, gr- the grabber, he will come and get you. And Finney's okay. like, I don't believe that. I, I, I just don't want to say it. It's like, obviously, he believes that they're all still children. Yes. right, yes. Um, so, Finney goes to the bathroom at school. Um, and again, even that's hell. So, these three bullies start to, like, sort of oh. harass him. Like, you can't be in here. This is our bathroom. Luckily, Robin, the kid who won the fight, comes in to literally wash Moose's blood off his knuckles. Chill. And he tells cool, the bullies school activity. I know. I was like, again, where are the teachers. For God's sake, we're all the adults. Kids? Getting grabbed is like only one in ten of the problems right. these kids have. Yes, exactly. And he tells them, if you fuck with Finny, I you're fucking with me and I will fight all of you. You know I don't give a shit. Aww. And so the other bullies leave. So Finney and Robin have struck up a friendship because Finney is helping Robin. He's like failing math, and Finney is basically being his tutor. But Robin's like, you know what? You got to do two th- things, Finny. You got to learn to stand up for yourself, which we saw on the trailer, and fight back. And you got to go see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I saw it with my uncle. It was amazing. Like, <laughs> I, you, it was, its gonna blow your mind. So it's like this, this sweet sort of childhood moment. You're like, oh, this is so nice. It's one or both of these boys will be abducted by a child murderer Absolutely. immediately because it's like a moment of like calm. Nice, th- yeah. So interestingly, at the same time, Gwen is in her class, and she gets called on the principal's office to talk to Detectives Wright and Miller, who are like the Denver detectives who have been placed mm-hmm. on the grabber's abductions. And they said, okay, you said something to Amy Yamada, Bruce's sister. And Gwen's like, yeah, I just told her I had a dream about Bruce being taken. And, they, and they're like, yeah, in the dream you said a man with a black van filled with, filled with black balloons kidnapped Bruce. So and, scary. you know, and it turns out that black balloons were found at the abduction sites of both Bruce and a previously abducted boy, Griffin. Okay. So they said to her, how did you know about that? Because they're thinking, did you see it? Right. Is it, is it your you father? Were you there? Exactly. Right. Were you there? Like, how would you have this information? And Gwen's like, Yeah, I took him down because obviously I'm the grabber, you dumb fucking fart knockers. Lynn Blake! And the principal is scandalized at her language. <laughs> And they're like, no, no, we just want to ask, like, did somebody tell you this? Is that the rumor going around? We just want to find out who saw something, and then maybe they saw more. And right. she says, no, I saw it in my dreams, and sometimes they're true. And the detectives are like, okay, well, we can't really use that. That's, like, not a thing. Right. But they're like, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not our jurisdiction, the dream yeah, world. Right, dream you know. world. And uh, that's it. They're like, okay, well, if you see anything or you actually have anything, just let us know. And she's like, okay. Meanwhile, it's Friday night, uh, Gwen and Finney go home. Uh, Gwen always spends Friday night at her friend's Becky's house, again, to get out of the house. So Finney spends the night, he's watching horror movies on the TV, and he's sort of like, when his dad passes out of the chair, like in front of the TV, sort of takes the beer bottle out of his father's hand and shuts off the light. And we see him playing with a little light up. I think this is the one of the Apollo rockets, so it's like a little tiny rocket with uh-huh. a flashlight on the bottom. Okay. And he's always carrying it sort of like a talisman, Um, And it's also extremely pointy, which is going to come in handy later. Okay, great. And he eventually passes out, like, in his pajamas. He's, like, asleep in front of the TV. Unfortunately, Allison, he wakes up to the sound of his father brutally beating Gwen with a belt. Like, just wailing on her in the kitchen. And it's so distressing. And I just feel like, again— Everyone does a good job. I this the, the young right. girl acting. I'm like, "Oh, you're doing a great job." And I'm like, "Oh, lord, it's, why why is life so stained? upsetting?" It's so awful. And the reason he's doing that is because the cops came to his house, or came to his work to ask about Gwen's dreams, and he's going ballistic. And what you find out is he's like screaming and like hitting her in the belt is that Gwen's mother also had like prescient dreams. She has sort of inherited this thing, and he's like, that is not real. And he makes her say over and over again, my dreams are just dreams, while she's sobbing. And during this fight, she sort of, like, takes his bottle of vodka and throws it on the ground, and he's just, like, going nuts on her. And basically, like, says, like, you are not your mother. I don't want you to ever talk to anybody about these dreams ever again. And Finney, of course, is watching, but can't really intervene. And so, at the, you know, he sends them to go watch Saturday morning cartoons. Sure. While, like, Finney is, like, silent with rage and Gwen's just sobbing. And it's like, oh, Lord, and things are only going to get worse. This is only—we're only, th- we're only- and coming to the end of the first act. Yeah. Oh, God. It's Al so dark. D- we see Robin, the toughest kid in school— riding his bike to, like, the drugstore or whatever, and he cuts through, a, a like, a, basically, like, the parking lot behind a store, so, mm-hmm. like, behind the grocery store, yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. no one there. Of and course. in the distance, we see a man get out of a black van. Robin has been abducted! <sighs> My no. God! So what, Does Denver, come on, how many kids do you have? Right. are not going to have kids left.
2: Again, move!
1: Yeah, <laughs> So that night, Finny and Gwen, their dad gets the call, and then we see like all the parents and the cops sort of organizing a search of the woods. Even though mm. he's obviously
2: not in the woods, it's like, guys. You know what? You know what happened? Like, yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, you know, he didn't just wander away. Um, Lindy says someone needs to check on the King family. Like, are they okay? <laughs> I think we know they aren't. I think we're pretty no. sure. No way. And um, um, Maddie okay. said,
2: "I want the dad to get grabbed. He sucks." Fully agree.
1: Yeah. He's going to get emotionally grabbed at least. We, He's going to, his soul will get grabbed up, which is what, what, what you need, you know? Okay, great. So that night, Finney asked Gwen, could you try to dream about Robin? Like try to see if you can see if he's still alive or whatever. And Gwen's like, I'm not supposed to do that or like talk about that. Yeah. But he's like, just do it for me. And so she sets up at her, in her room like in a little al- altar, which you see like yeah. uh, in front of a dollhouse. So she's got like a little cross, a New Testament, a Virgin Mary card. And she basically was like, prays to Jesus, like, please give me a dream. Please give me any information. Like, Finney's friend is missing. And her dad, like, comes by, and she has to, like, scurry to bed and be like, I, I wasn't asking Jesus to so you send me, like, omens, you know? And because, and, of course, he would be furious. Unfortunately, now that Robin is gone, the bullies just go absolutely hog wild on Finney. Like, like the reason they weren't fucking with him was that Robin was there, and Robin has now been snatched. So they—you see, before school one day, they chase Finney down— get him on the ground, and then are just kicking him in the ribs. Cool. And Gwen tries to intervene, and she picks up a huge rock and hits one of the bullies in the head, and he's just, like, gushing blood and, you know, tries to attack the other bullies, but, of course, she's a, a much smaller than them. They get her on the ground, and she gets kicked in the face to the point where her mouth is full of blood. And there's this very poignant scene where, like, you have the bully bleeding, and then Gwen, and she just goes and, like, sits next to him, like, against the fence, and it's like... Yeah, they're still children. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's almost like they sit right. down, like, this is a game. Yeah, they don't know, like, why they're playing or, like, you know what I mean? Again, like, yes. nobody's here for the children. And honestly, I almost cried during that because I'm like, oh, Lord, oh. please. <laughs> what help them. Life is ho- so these horrible. These poor kids,
2: this whole town full of kids yeah. are just abandoned by everybody.
1: So in class, of course, Finney is covered in, like, cuts and bruises from, like, his brutal beating he got from these bullies. And the teacher's like, okay, we're going to pick lab partners, and everyone runs away, and nobody is sitting with Finny. So not only did he get his ass kicked, but he's alone, until Donna, his crush, comes over. And she sits with him, and she's like, those guys are assholes, because, like, everybody saw and knew that he got his ass kicked. They're like, those guys are assholes, and I think it's really cool that your sister, like, is your real friend. Because, like, my brother would not get kicked in the face for me. You know, and and, and that makes him feel good. Like, okay, all right, at least Donna's on my side. And he's going to ride that wave, um, unfortunately, uh, for about a couple hours, Allison, because it's Friday again, which means that Gwen is going to Becky's house, which means Finney is walking the rest of the way home by himself. Oh, and, well, no. you already saw in the trailer how that goes. And oh. as he does, he sees a man step out from behind a black van, which says, like, abracadabra, like, uh, on yeah. the side. And he drops his groceries. And, like, what we all know, we, from, you know, we did Silence of the Lambs with the wonderful right. Josh Gondelman if somebody asks you to help them and that help has to take place near a van, don't don't help
2: people with vans.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you that right now.
2: Don't help somebody with a van. It's not worth it.
1: And, um, of course, you know, and this was the era of, like, Stranger
2: Danger. Like, we're, you know, sort of... Yes, totally. This was, like, kids' face on a milk carton times.
1: Yes, awful. And so it's, like, kind of, like, I guess, like, you know, it wasn't necessarily... You wouldn't think anything of it. That being said, you saw the trailer... Ethan Hawk's character, who you only know as the grabber, right. has white face makeup, a top hat, a red short-sleeve
2: turtleneck, yeah. and a button-down black short-sleeve shirt. Yes. If you saw that guy walking around, you'd be like, yeah. I don't know, let's keep eyes on him. Like, maybe if he was on stage at, like, an Alice
1: Cooper concert, because it's 1978, right. I'd allow it. Right. Like you don't see people like that just walking around, even no. back then. That was no. not— yeah. So, of course, Finney's a good person. He doesn't know this, so he goes and he tries to help the guy. And the guy's like, oh, thanks so much. Uh, do you want to see a magic trick? And he opens the back of the door, and Finney looks inside, and he sees it's full full of black balloons. And in that moment of being distracted, the grabber sort of grabs the balloons to sort of disguise what he's doing and then pushes um, Finney, like, between him and the balloons – and sprays an aerosol directly in Finney's face. Oh, so and knocking we, him out. Yeah. And we don't know what it is. I'm like, is it aerosolized like um, roofies, like I guess? Like chlorophyll or chloroform?
2: Yeah. Chloroform. chloroform.
1: <laughs> and so it's in in his mouth that he's passing out, but also in his eyes. So even his vision is
2: blurry as he's like. You see what's going on. Yeah. Aww.
1: And they throws him in the back of the uh, van, but not before Finney is able to use the tip of the Apollo rocket to like scratch him. Okay. And um, unfortunately, this just makes the grabber angrier. Yeah. Allison, the next thing Finney remembers, he's waking up in uh, a basement, which has been turned into sort of a cell. Yes. It has a bare mattress and a tiny window, which, again, we see covered with a heavy metal grate. And just to flesh out, so, like, we have the main room, and then there's a little hallway to a bathroom. But it's not even a bathroom. It's just a toilet. And then, like, um, the grabber has put some, like, rolled-up rugs that he just, like, doesn't want to use, like, in the room. It's not a real bathroom, which to me implies that he built it for this purpose. Because if you right. just had a bathroom, you'd have a sink, you'd have a shower, right, you'd, we'd you'd have tile. all the things. It's just a toilet. And it's like, that sucks so bad. And and, and I think maybe, uh, which we're sort of going to discuss in a, l- a little bit, is that the grabber did not himself build this. This was already existing right. when the grabber oh, right, was a right, child. Yes. Um, so, unfortunately, Finney wakes up. And Finney's smart. He's, like, immediately, like, uh, let me go. I will not tell anybody. Yeah. But the grabber sort of steps out of the doorway, and he has that horrific white devil mask on.
2: Where did he like, even buy that?
1: I think he made it. I think he, he spent his time. That sucks so bad. That sucks. Because, yeah, it's not like, a, oh, I went to Party City type of thing. And it's right. 1978. You know what I mean? Like, right. But this guy crafted the mask. And what's even crazier is, like, he crafted it so the top is its one piece, and then he could swap out the bottom. So okay. there's one with, like, a big smile. There's yeah. one with no mouth. And then the worst one is there's one with a frown. Um, also, no! take, a, take a drink because I brought up the mask. Oh, yeah. Oh, also, and take a drink because we brought up Jesus earlier. I'm sorry about oh, that. Oh, yeah, for the, at the altar. Sorry, I'm going to be better about that. I remember now. Um, yeah, it just sucks. And so sometimes you see him just wearing the bottom of the mask. And the, the point of it on paper is that you do, he doesn't see who it is, but the thing of it is, he already he just saw his Exactly. Face. So it's clearly because this guy likes us. He wants to be this demon that is like terrorizing, yes, this young boy. And right. that sucks. And that sucks. Yes. It, it, a no lot of good. stuff
2: in this movie just sucks.
1: And this time with the mask, it, the bottom of it has no mouth at all. So we can hear him speaking. He has but eye holes, but there's no mouth. Oh, mask.
2: no. And
1: he tells Finny, don't worry. I'm not going to hurt you. I'll let you go eventually. And Finny already knows that's bullshit because he knows that's about garbage. Bruce and about the Wait. other kids. But the grabber's like kind of disturbed. He's like, Something's come, comes, something has come up. I have to go back upstairs. Again, Finney's smart. He's like, is somebody up there? I will scream. Like, thinking, like, okay, did somebody just show up? Like, is it the cops, or is it just somebody from this, you know, this guy, whatever? And grabber says, no, I soundproof this. You can scream all you want. He won't hear you. And Finney says, he? And the grabber is already like, you're not getting out of here. But the grabber, I think because, um, as we'll find out, somebody is in his home, he mm-hmm. is sort of off his game with Finney. Okay. And that's going to put him on his back foot a lot more than with the other kids. Okay, good. And Finney is going to be able to use that. Exactly. He's a real smart guy. So he immediately clocks like, there must be somebody upstairs and I will figure out how to like communicate with them. Um, So uh, in the main room, we have, again, the window, we have a uh, mattress with a a metal frame that's bolted to the floor so you can't even move the bed. Like it's bolted Mm -hmm. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, a black phone. And Finney runs over there and the line's been cut and the grabber said, I've heard it ring, but not since I was a kid. Again, implying he was a kid down here. Yes. But he's like, I think it must be the static electricity or something making it go off because there's, when I pick it up, there's never anybody there. And, uh, mm. you know, I think ostensibly we're to think the grabber was kept down here, I'm assuming by his parents, his own yes. father or something. Because at one point he says to Finney, don't worry, I'm not going to hurt you, Johnny. And that's obviously not Finney's name. And we right. never find the grabber's name. So I'm like, is that his name? Is he replaying some horrific thing that happened to him? I think In we're just assuming that. Yeah. yes. Um, and Finney again tells him, like, if you touch me, I will scratch your face. People will see it and they'll be like, why is your face all scratched up? And the grabber, like we saw in the trailer, laughs and he says, this face. That's obviously why he's wearing the mask. He's smart. He knows. Yeah, he's he's done this before. And then, even worse, Allison, the grabber hears a phone ringing upstairs and he goes to get it before Our he does I, two he, lines in 1978. <laughs> well, look, the, the phone downstairs, he's not paying oh, for it because it, it it's work. disconnected. Yeah, right. It's just connected to the spirit realm. Um, the spirit, the realm. spirit world? <laughs> yeah. And luckily, that yeah, you don't have to pay the for that. The rates are better, so <laughs> yeah, it's bundled. Actually, it's bundled <laughs> with the other landline. Um, he tells Finney, "This is one of the worst lies." The movie says,
0: "I will never make you do anything that you won't like."
1: And that's Ugh. like the specter of a abu- like rape that's over yeah. the movie. And I just want to reassure everyone: we do not get into any of that. I, okay, that God. is obviously like the terror part of the terror of it. But we yeah. don't. We will not be doing like that's the good, thing that we're going to have to discuss good, good, and good, i think that good. that was a the only way you could possibly make this movie is to not do that because like yes. it's horrible enough as you it can't. is you can't to uh, yes to even like imply in any tasteful way you can't it would just be like this is uh, we're watching something so horrific yes. why am i buying a ticket no um meanwhile of course gwen's over at becky's house
0: and right. she gets a call right. from her
1: dad she runs home and of course finds out Finney has been grabbed And I'm like, this is why you have to let your daughter have her dreams about the future. Yes. Do not punish her. Let her experience the dreams. Helpful. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, Cassie says maybe he kidnaps kids so he has someone to craft with to make the masks. I wish that was the case. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. But, of course, she's devastated. Her father is devastated. Um, And we see Gwen, again, praying to Jesus, take another drink begging him to send her dreams so she can find out information to help Finney. Finney is, of course, exhausted. He falls into, like, a fitful sleep. And when he wakes up in the morning, he sees the phone. The phone looks like it's breathing. Like, it keeps expanding and exhaling.
2: But I think because he was drugged, Finney thinks, like, yeah. Yeah, like, not delusional. Yeah, like, we're
1: hallucinating or, yeah, Yeah. some visual hallucination. And he says out loud, sort of to himself, like, stop it. And the grabber says, stop what? Allison, the is just squatting in the room, watching Jesus Finney Christ. sleep for all night for all his, you know, right. we know. And this time the mask is different. He just has the bottom of the mask. Again, sorry, I should have just done it with the mask because we're going to be drinking nonstop. It's just the bottom of a big smile. And you see his long, stringy hair. And, and Finney's like, um, I need food. If you're going to keep me here, I need food. That was going to be my next
2: question is exactly. what's happening food-wise.
1: And he's like, oh, I, I, my whole day's off. Like, also, the grabber's constantly bitching. Like, oh, I'm, every, everything's all fucked up. My day's all <laughs> fucked up. Like, I'll bring it down later. And Finney says, if you weren't bringing me food, why did you even come down here? And the grabber says, just to look at you. Ooh. I just wanted to look at you. It's
2: like, oh, no. So he goes back upstairs. Are, and, I, are all of the kids who have been abducted boys? All boys. Okay. Yes, they're all boys and they're all like middle school age. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. So probably again, recreating exactly time and yes. the grabbers' life specifically.
1: Yeah, I I, I think so. And um, Finney again, he's like, I gotta come up with a fucking plan or this guy. Like I know what's gonna happen. I you know, I, mean? I I I knew Robin as a friend, I knew Bruce a little bit from baseball, I knew the first guy who got kidnapped because yeah. he was like sort of this tough guy that everyone knew. You know, but he's trying to like go around the room. Like there's nothing there except for the phone. He goes to the toilet. We have some rolled up rugs, but there's not even a sink. You know what I mean? Like he's not coming up with a lot. He goes to the window, but it's covered in the metal grate and it's super high. So the ceilings are very high. He cannot jump up to the um, window frame. He cannot grab it. So And he's telling himself, Robin was here, and if Robin couldn't survive, I'm not going to be able to survive. Because Robin was this tough guy. Yes. And I'm just like this wiener. Uh, Weakly little, yeah. But then, Allison, the black phone starts to ring. And I'm going to ask you this right now. Allison, what would
2: you do if you were in this situation?
0: What would you do?
2: I'd answer the phone. You got to. You gotta. And also, like, it's not like he had... It's not like the grabber expressly was like, don't answer the phone. Like, he was just like, oh, it hasn't rung in a while. Like, I haven't heard it ring or whatever. It's just like... Okay, so that's not, like, against his, like, bizarre set of rules that you're living under. He will um, get more frustrated with the phone of, uh, over time. Yes, of course. But yes, as
1: of right now, also, um, Sushi says, it must be really frustrating if you're a spirit, you're trying to call a millennial, and they're too anxious to pick up. You're right, this wouldn't work.
2: Truly, least- this had to happen in the 70s before people, uh, you know. Exactly. Were too scared of phone calls, because most of them were um, about consolidating your student loans.
1: <laughs> yeah, or a poll, like, Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, thank you. If you're in the chat, please uh, let us know uh, what you would do. Of course, yes. Amy says answer it. Amber the
2: says Allison the Allison special. special,
1: and and I do. This does unfortunately yeah. see like a situation, but it I would just, say the problem with this is, what would you even do it with? How would you even do it?
2: R- does he still have the? Uh, oh, your he the does. Apollo rocket? He has a
1: little Apollo rocket, and he sort of puts it on top of the phone because he has. Like, there's no other place to put anything, so he sort of puts yeah. it on top of the black phone at a certain point.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, like, it's just, it feels very inescapable in a way that, like, some films, we get to this point, and it's like, there's some solutions here. But, like, this one, it's like, I don't know, you're locked in a cell that a crazy guy is keeping you in, and you're a child. Like, yeah, there's just not a lot of exits.
1: Oh, boy. Lindy says, I would never answer, which I also completely understand. I also really
2: understand that, Yes.
1: Uh, Katie says, roll me up and win- roll myself up in one of the rugs. Okay.
2: Okay. Uh, Belle said, I would be scared uh, the phone would lick me like a nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, Valid. Very
1: valid concern. So, of course, Finny answers the phone. And you would. Meg says, I'd rip the toilet out and flood the place. Chaotic. Chaotic? Question mark.
2: I like that. Because at least it, was, it would
1: be something. You know what I mean? At least you're right. like, I'm, I'm doing, even if it's not going to really be helpful, I'm, fuck, fuck this guy. You yes, I mean? right. right. I'm going to make this toilet. Easy for him. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that I, I support that.
0: Imagine bold, naturally aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger, eating thick cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag. <sighs> it's nice to dream about cheese for a bit. Tillamook cheddar, extraordinary dairy.
1: But when Finney asks, like, who is this, the voice doesn't know what his name is. And at one point, you know— Doesn't it, know what his own name is or it, doesn't know what Finney's name is? Doesn't know what his own name is. Okay. And, and basically, he tells Finney, you know, our names are the first things we lose. And Finney says, when would you lose your name? And the voice tells him, you know when. So it's I, like, okay, when you die, when, when you're you killed, die. you start to lose these personal okay. aspects of yourself. But he and and Finney's trying to like ask him questions like maybe you're Bruce maybe you're um you know Robin like trying to figure out like and and the only thing he does remember is well, he has one phrase and he remembers meeting Finney, and he tells Finney I remember you your arm is mint you almost had me, it is Bruce I know I'm Bruce. literally like crying, crying hearing this I'm like Lord why why give us children and to have horrible things like this, but um. But so it is Bruce, and Finny's like, "Oh my God, you're Bruce!" And as soon as he tells the voice, the voice is like, "I am Bruce. Like I remember now." And fortunately, Bruce Aww. has a tip for for Finny. He says the tile in the hallway, like leading to the bathroom, is loose, and underneath it, it's just dirt. And I think oh. if you dig into it, um, and he's like, "If you could start digging, maybe you could get out." But I ran out of time, so I couldn't dig down and then out, which is also like, of course you couldn't. Like, yeah, no human could. Like, no. And Finney said, Will I have enough time? But then Bruce is gone. And it's like, Aww. yeah, Bruce, thanks for you're you're coming up with whatever you can. But then fuck yeah, it. Yeah, a little yeah.
2: helpful. Also that tile being loose, can't you just like use the tile and like smash it over the grabber's head at some point? Well, I think that's what Finney may have been thinking, but he goes up and it's just like soft like
1: linoleum tile. Oh, but so he it's pulls not like it up. Sweet. And he's like, yeah. Yes. Exactly. But then, um, Finney pulls it up, and he's like, "Fuck it." And so he just starts digging, cause he's like, "All right, a ghost told me to dig. I'm gonna start digging. You know, I'm gonna like just yeah. do it." And then, as instead of leaving a pile of dirt to like clue the um the grabber in, he just starts flushing it down the toilet. And I did think, as somebody who lives in California, I'm like, the water bill in this child serial killer's murder dungeon is gonna be off the chain. Off you know, like it's gonna be off chain. the charts. Like, he's going to get a call from the Water Conservancy Board and be like, what are you doing? Um, stop. Stop it. <laughs> but when he's so exhausted he can't stop, Finney takes one of the rolled up car, like rugs and he throws it over the pit that he's digging so the grabber doesn't see that he's making progress. And luckily okay. the grabber's not really, like, interested in any other part of the room. So it's right. kind of like a, a secret area that he's not going to be going in. Meanwhile, at school, which we saw in the trailer, the principal Mm -hmm. holds an assembly and tells everyone Finney's missing and everyone turns to stare at Gwen. Yeah, Gwen. Who, again, it's like now has to be alone with their dad to, like, try to figure this out. I know.
2: Like, they're both captives at this point.
1: Yeah. But luckily, Jesus or, uh, you know, any part of the universe, whoever we think is responsible— does send Gwen dreams. And then she dreams a dream of Bruce. And I literally cried in the movie theater. I saw this twice. And I saw it both times. It's the saddest part of the fucking movie. It's a montage of Bruce's life, including when Bruce is a baby and Bruce's parents, like, are taking care of Bruce. And then they're playing catch with him as a toddler with, like, a wiffle bat. And then Bruce going up, going to school, and then running the bases. And I'm just like, oh. And the last thing in the montage is, of course, the grabber abducting Bruce off of his bike. Okay. And luckily, at the end of the dream, Gwen sees the grabber holding balloons, and he's standing in front of a brick house with a black door and, like, a gnarled tree. Because it's like, uh, all the trees are gnarled. yeah, Yeah, right. And she realizes that's the front of this fucking asshole's house. So then she's like, I'm going to find that house. And she starts just biking around North Denver, the suburbs. Jeez. She's putting in the work because that's all. She's right. like, I will recognize this it. That's all I, d- I can do. Yeah. Yeah. I have no other way of finding it. And also, yes. again, a lot of the houses, look they're all like ranch-style houses. A lot of them are yeah. brick. Like, look they're the not. Same. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the uh, the basement, um, Finn has been digging for hours and he keeps returning to the pit. But he's finally so exhausted and collapses into the bed. Only to have the grabber dump come downstairs with a plate of scrambled eggs and a sprite, and for some reason, that combination did sound delicious to me. Am I, I as wrong? As a
2: kid, I really liked Sprite. Yeah, Chat, I don't let us like know. it. I don't like it now, but um, as a kid, Sprite was uh, a real treat. And honestly, yeah, it's like you want Sprite <laughs> with like I would hope that the eggs have like a lot of salt and pepper going on.
1: Um, Mercedes in chat said, it's Michigan, no one cares about the water. Well, they should, because it would have helped them catch the, the grabber a little quickly. But I guess it was the 70s anyways. And then Melanie says, make a booby trap for the grabber with a carpet at a big hall in the Melanie, I think you might have, you might be onto something here. I'm pretty good idea. Pretty gosh darn good idea. Um, so he comes down with the, the food and Finney's like, what did you put in the eggs? Like Immediately assuming, of
2: course, you've drugged the eggs. Right, yes. I would be concerned about the food.
1: And the grabber laughs him off and says, why would I have to drug your food? You're already down here. And I'm like, fuck you, man. Fuck you. Allison, when the grabber goes upstairs, he leaves the door ajar. He doesn't shut it entirely. He's distracted with something. Exactly. And Finney waits. And then just when he's about to go upstairs, he's you know, he trying to like wait for him to leave the house or like you know, at least go into another room. The black phone rings and a voice tells him it's a trap. Different voice? A different voice. Who again? Finney sort of trying to draw yeah. it out. The fit voice doesn't remember the name, cool. but he's able to deduce that it was another kidnapped child, Billy Showalter, who was a newspaper, who, who was a, a newspaper delivery boy. Because he's Ooh. like, "Don't call me Billy. I don't know that name. But you can call me um, like newspaper boy, like that. That yeah. that feels right to me." And he says he likes to leave the door open and wait upstairs to play his favorite game. And we and you see the shot in the in the. Trailer that mm. at the top of the stairs, waiting in a chair, shirtless.
2: Yeah, the, the shirtless grabber, part.
1: The grabber sits, and basically, the it's sort of leaving the door jar, So then he comes up, and it's like it's just set up a thing where it's almost like the grabber's allowed to then punish you because right. you, you did something wrong. Right. The whole thing is wrong. But right. Again, speaks to that's probably what happened to him at yes. this time at, at, during his childhood, like setting up a trap to be punished. And in this this case, Billy shows up as, like, we see his ghost. We didn't see Bruce's ghost, but we see, and I don't know if it was, like, he was the, more recent. I don't know exactly why. But um, we see um, Billy show up, and we see him. It's sort of like this grayscale ghost, like, image of him with, like, bright Red, black blood, like sla- like stabs cool. and slashes, which is also terrifying. It's like, oh God, you gotta get stabbed and
2: slash after Jeez, all this, right? It's like you have to, like, just like at least make it kind of a quick and painless end.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if you already go to go this whole hog, you're not. Right, gonna, you're, you're stop like, I'm you're doing, doing all of it. Point.
2: He's doing the most.
1: And also, while the grabber sits upstairs in his shirt, his mask has a frown on it. And it's so much worse than the smile. I don't know why, but I'm going to tell no, you. No, really that's drink. really awful. Allison, Finney starts heading up the stairs. Oh, no. And I don't know whether he's like, I just have to see for myself, or I, I, he needs to have a minute. He can't let this be true. Yeah. But thank God he does not go all the way up. He retreats down into the basement. Would you be- go up the stairs? Yes, of course I would. Yeah. I, I would absolutely. I, I would be so blinded by the yes, possibility, I'd be like an
2: opportunity. Yeah,
1: yeah. Would you go up to Yeah. And and thankfully, again, if a ghost told me not to, I would like to think I would listen to the ghost. But I know, knowing myself, I would absolutely just make try and make a run for it. Yeah, walk up into absolute mayhem. But Billy tells him, um, which again we saw in the trailer, there's a cable that he found in the basement, and he kind of hid it in a crack at the at the base of the wall. So uh, Fiddy gets the cable out. He's like, I'm going to lasso it to the metal grate over the window. And so I'm going to pull myself up and see if I can maybe open the window to shout out of it, you know, figure yes. out something. And the cable's sort of a stiff metal cable, and he can't lasso it through the grate. So he gets one of, again, the rolled-up carpets or the rolled-up mm-hmm. rugs. This is a huge mistake. The grabber must be really off his game. He left all of these rolled-up rugs. Right. Why? I, yeah, exactly. It's like you're redoing your house. What are you your doing? Like, right. You, yeah. And so he uses the rug. He sort of like threads the cable into the rug, and then it comes out the top because it's like stiff enough that he could push it through the rug. He's able mm-hmm. to loop it into the grate, and he starts pulling himself up the wall to, you know, escape. Of course, it jerks the grate out. It hits him as he falls And now he literally has no way of getting up to the window. The metal grate is gone. He cannot reach the lip of the window. Again, it feels (laughs) like a moment of total defeat. We're back at square one. Fortunately, Gwen, again, is having her dreams, and she sees poor Billy playing with his dog and, of course, delivering newspapers and then being snatched by the grabber during his paper route. And Gwen's like, all right, I'm going to do something I don't want to do, which is go talk to my dad about this. Because I, I, you know, so she goes talk to her dad, who, of course, is, like, drinking. And she's yeah. like, can I talk to you about something? And you promise you won't be mad. And he says, of course, yes. And she says, it's about my dreams. And he's like, oh, God, the one thing. You know, obviously, you going to be mad dreams, no matter what. Right, yeah. yeah. And the dad tells Gwen, you know, your mother was a wonderful woman, and I loved her very much. But she also thought her dreams meant something. And her dreams told her to do terrible things. And eventually, she took her own life. And I just don't want that for you. Oh, I don't God. want to have this ruin your life. Okay. And Gwen's like, well, again, I'm 11 or 12. You know, right. like, I'm doing the best I can. don't know how
2: to deal with that.
1: <laughs> I have, I'm have. i having dreams about all these kidnapped kids. And she says, what if my dreams can help find Finny? And to the father's credit, while he does absolutely still suck, he starts driving her around the suburbs of Denver looking okay. for the house. Okay. Is it in the night? Yes. Is he obviously drunk? Yes. But yeah. it is at it's least. not great,
2: but yeah. it's something.
1: It is a step. And I, agree, I also appreciate, in at no point in the relationship is it like, we forgive you for being a piece of shit. It's sort of like he is allowed to, like, find piece of his, um, his humanity. Yeah. But it's not like, actually, it's totally fine that you beat me horribly with a belt. You know what I mean? For something that I can't control. Yeah. Meanwhile, the detectives are going through all the suburbs, going door to door, and they knock on one door, and there's a guy inside, Max... Who, um, I I saw this with Jason Sines, this uh, very funny comedian. And he is a lot of. He is Jason Sines energy. Sort of like, you know, like sort of an Italian, like a little bit of a a crazy eyebrow, gray hair. You know, sort of an expressive. Um, So he invites him in. And, of course, he's like, I've got it. He's got, like, a big evidence board, you know, sort of like a homeland, like, cork board with all the newspapers. And he's like, I plotted it out. And, it you know, I'm thinking, like, the grabber must have a basement. And he must be able to get the kids there. And it must be within this part of the, you know, northern Denver suburbs. It has to be right here. And they're like, okay, crazy, you know. And uh, also, like, he's.
2: Do you guys have any better
1: ideas though? Like <laughs> exactly, I was like, you literally pulled a sixth grader out of class and asked her about her dreams. I think you should right. maybe take a look at this Listen. guy's board.
2: Yeah, at least see what he's got to say.
1: But of course, they start of brushing him off as like a kook, and they also say, "Next time, could you clean up before we come over?" And we look down, and he's just doing lines of coke on the on the coffee <laughs> table. And He's like, "Oh no!" But luckily, it's 1978, and I assume everyone no was one doing gave coke. A shit. Yeah. Um, and he tells them, you know, like, and they're like, oh, are you from here? Are you following this? And he's like, I'm actually not from here. I'm crashing with my brother who isn't home because I'm out of work, and I thought I could help you guys solve the case. And this guy we know is not the grabber, but he's obviously, this is not his home. He's staying with his brother. We're going to meet, find out more about his brother in a minute here. Interesting. Um, And Max is, like, mortified at the cops who he's trying to, like, impress and, like, solve this case with in his mind, Right, Saw his Coke and, and you know, he just yeah. starts doing more Coke
2: and being like, I'm going to figure this out. That's all you can do at that point.
1: Meanwhile, in the basement, Finn has been digging the pit again, a great pit suggestion, and exhausted and sort of covers it up again. And the grabber stops down with food. And, of course, to complain about his life, <laughs> he's like, oh, nothing's going right. Which also, I think, speaks to, like, we, you know, we sort of deify serial killers in a certain sense, but they're all, like, such pathetic people, like, just disgusting, like, yes. whiny people where it's like, my life is so hard. Okay, yeah, like, I killed, like, 20 people. Like, sorry. Yeah, and you're going to, like,
2: be a whiny bitch about it?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're complaining to the kid who you have in Abducted. your basement. Fuck you. But again, he's alluding to, like, a change in his routine, a yes. change in his schedule, something that's, yes. like, making Throwing it so him he can't be... at His prime grabber game. And it's like by the grace of God because it implies that he can't be down in the basement all the time, which is what he wants to be doing. Right. And it's like it, it's Finney really lucked out that there's something happening, so the gravity. Yeah, the be timing spending. is
2: slightly better than yeah. some others. And the uh, grabber, Megan in the chat said, "I wanted evidence board for how Hallie got such an impeccable side bang."
1: Oh, thank you. Um, I don't know. I, I'd have to create that myself. Um, <laughs> a shout out to my hairstylist Caroline Mitgang. Again, if you live in LA, she's great. Uh, Message me on Instagram. You always
2: have good haircuts. Thank
1: you. Um, So uh, the grabber says, you know, I never ask the boys' names, you know, but I just learned about them in the paper later. But it's kind of like a fun, like, oh, surprise. But you're special. And you're so special, I'm thinking about letting you go. So why don't you tell me what your name is? And Finney, of course, is like, I'm not telling this motherfucker my real name. Fuck no. So he says, um, Tyler. And the grabber takes his food and he throws it on the floor. And then he throws the day's newspaper at him. And, of course, Finney's disappearance is front-page fucking news. And the grabber's like, oh, that's too bad. Like, I was really starting to trust you. I was going to let you go. No, and, of you, course— Exactly. No, you weren't. you, no, you weren't. When he leaves, the grabber leaves the door ajar again. But Finney is like, a ghost told me not to do this. Fuck yeah. you. Also, you know? he just
2: got angry at me. Like, he's definitely, like, yeah, primed to be a real exactly. dickhead about
1: this. <laughs> So, uh, Finney instead goes to sleep only to wake up in the night to hear a loud dripping sound. And he uses the flashlight on the bottom of his Apollo rocket to illuminate the floating body of one of the the murdered boys, sort of floating upside down midair, dripping blood, pointing to the phone. And it rings. And Finney answers, and he's able to deduce that it is the fifth, oh, the fourth of the fifth person kidnapped, Griffin. Mm who okay. I believe is the only boy he doesn't know. Okay. And he's like, oh, you must be Griffin. And th- this voice is like, man, I don't know. Shut up. Like, I yeah. have information. Like, oh, who I right. like, You I'm don't all, have a lot of time. Yeah, yet. I'm in heaven or whatever. Like, please, you know. And he tells him um, the grabber is waiting upstairs because he wants to play, and this is, I'm sorry to tell everyone in the chat this, he wants to play his favorite game, Naughty Boy. God. And he in, in order for the game to start, you have to sneak up the, st- sk- the stairs. like this is a game that he plays. Obviously when you know uh, Finney gets out there, he's gonna be tortured, you know physically yeah. horribly harmed, you know. However, because of the disruption in his routine, um, and it, we don't exactly know why, but the investigation is heating up. so we do know that yes. is like there's more attention on this. He hasn't been sleeping, so he's gonna fall asleep in his chair. And when you do, you're going to go to the front door. He has locked it with my bike lock. But before I died, I carved the combination into the wall. And luckily, Finney's able to find it. And it says, 23317. And Finney's like, is it 23317? Is it 23317? And Griffin's like, I am a ghost. I don't know. Exactly.
2: like,
1: Like, I'm communicating from beyond the grave. I'm doing my absolute best. I do not remember my exact, like, bike lock combination. I'm sorry. Allison, we see the scene from the trailer. Finney creeps up the stairs past the sleeping grabber, and he has to try the combination over and over again as the grabber sleeps feet away. Oh we goodness. also see in the corner Intense. the evidence board that that guy Max was working on. But again, we know that um, the, 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 the grabber is not Max. They look distinctly different. However, the, the it implies the detectives were on to the— they were at the right house. They were on to yes. them. So they are within searching distance. You know, maybe this is a part of why the grabber is getting more and more sort of off his yes. game. The
2: yes. detectives are onto them. They're they're circling.
1: Allison, Finney finally figures out the right combination. But when he pulls open the lock and makes like that, like, of course, a metallic like, click. click sound, yeah. the grabber wakes up and the grabber's dog, this big Rottweiler, and I don't even know if it's a Rottweiler, a gigantic a dog? dog named yeah. Samson, goes crazy in the other room. And so the grabber sort of shoots out of his chair. Finney is able to get out the door and down the driveway, and the grabber speeds after him. Unfortunately, he catches up to Finney before Finney could reach the next house, and he drags him into the underbrush, and, and porch lights are coming on because people have heard something. Right, something. And he tells Finney, if you scream, I will gut you like a hog and strangle you with your own intestines, and he holds a knife to his throat. So, of course, Finney remains silent, and then slowly, one by one, the porch lights start going off, and the next thing you know, the grabber's throwing Finney uh, down into the, onto his mattress and storming back upstairs and like locks the door behind him to make sure. And but as the, um, the grabber's <sighs> going back upstairs, we hear a man's voice say, "What was all that noise?" And the grab we hear the grabber reply, "It was just Samson. I took him out. Go back to bed, Max." So Max, so Max isn't is the brother exactly. So he's staying with his brother. His brother is the grabber. Yes. The idea that Max is so fucking stupid that he can't put this together is, yeah. I think, played for it like the only comedy in the movie. Is like, yeah. you goofy bastard. You you're have just all like this
2: evidence. Doing lines and like building a murder board, and you're just living in the house where it's happening. <laughs> exactly. But again, if if, if we're to believe that the, the grabber was uh, abused, which I think we are,
1: Max also must have been. So, like, the fact that Max is investigating this, but he can't see the truth. That also yeah. makes sense. Like, that's also, you know, probably speaks to, like, the fucked up situation they were raised in. And Allison, the time has come. In the film, I need to, you to tell me who you think will survive the black phone.
0: Who will survive?
2: I think Finney and Gwen will both survive. I think Max will survive. I think their dad will die. And okay. the Grabber will die.
1: Um, I do think that is a very um, Stephen King idea, sort of like the dad having to, like, make up for yes. being an absolute um, pile of trash. Katie says, does the dog die? Allison, do you think the dog dies?
2: Mm, yeah, probably. I'll tell you
1: now, so everyone can rest easy, the dog does not die. Okay, great. good. The dog is scary and looks scary, but I think much much like a lot of dogs in horror movies, he is a good boy or she's a good girl, the dog's the dog's just there to be a dog. Yeah. You know, it's intimidating, but not... It
2: There doesn't seem to be a lot of implication. The dog is, like, trained to, like, mm-hmm. attack or anything. Abby thinks that Max is about to die and Finney and Gwen will survive. I okay. like that, too. I mean, I could see that.
1: Um, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, but E-K-S-Z, he, I hope Samson survives. He can be a good boy owned by a bad person. I think that's what we're supposed to think. Yes. Um, and everyone hopes Finney survives... Obviously. He he has done everything these ghosts have told him. Yes. Like, for God's sake, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, Mercedes says, "Uh, literally, this kid makes such a fucking mess. It shows how distracted the grabber was. Yes. Yes. And I appreciate it it because I did read a review that's like, why does not he notice this stuff? And, like, why does it take him so long? But I do think the movie establishes, like, this is the arrival of his brother And also the detectives being sort of like narrowing in on this area is what's throwing him. I think normally he has the house to himself. He would absolutely have not let any of that stand, but he's sort of more at loose ends. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Lindsay says, I live in North Denver and I'm scared this guy is my neighbor. I mean, probably not. I mean, maybe though. Um, 11-year-old does a better job than a police.
2: Julie, you're yep. absolutely right. Correct. That is absolutely what's happening with Gwen. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be
1: fair, Gwen is getting signals from ostensibly Jesus, potentially yes. the universe.
2: Um, But I think we can give Jesus credit for that. And uh, Gabriel said, the brothers already established himself as too dumb to live, so we can probably write him off. I, yes. That yeah. is probably true. I mean, exactly to this. forget to put away your coke when the detectives are coming over to, like, hear your theories. Yeah, that's... You're not making a good case for yourself.
1: And, and in a really sweet show, we always say it's like, uh, too, too dumb. And then also, mm-hmm. if you're ever too arrogant. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think the, um, the grabber's been pretty arrogant. And we are sort of seeing the, the cracks appear in his plan. get ready to drink because uh, our next scene, we see Gwen, she is pissed and she is at her altar shouting at Jesus and says, what the fuck, Jesus? She is pissed. So please take a drink for our mention of Jesus. And she's like, you're giving me all these dreams. I can't do jack shit with them. You're sending me like a montage of Bruce's life. I have to see all this horrible stuff. Put it together for me. I need more help. And then she kind of has this moment where she's like, unless you aren't even real... Like, is that what the problem is? And you're supposed oh, to be like, oh, so my God, this is the dark night the dark yeah. of the soul. And in the basement, the black phone just keeps ringing and ringing. But Finney is so exhausted, he, like, doesn't get up right away. And it's sort of like they're both at the lowest moment. Mm-hmm. And finally, he picks up just to, like, get it to hang up. You're like, yeah. please, I let me sleep. And finally, Allison, it's the, the badass kid referenced earlier, pinball Vance Hooper, who's the biggest, coolest, meanest kid in school. And as far as I could tell, it was the first kid taken by the grabber. Uh-huh. And he's got, like, sort of bleach blonde, like, curly hair. Like, I think he's supposed to be, like, I'm in eighth grade, but really I'm, like, 17. Yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, one of those. Yeah. Because he looks a little he, bit like, older. like, drives the car. <laughs> yeah. And he tells Finny, get ready, motherfucker, because today is the day. This is the last day of your pathetic life. And we flash back to Finny, sort of his experience with Vance, watching Vance play. He's sort of the pinball wizard, So, like, he's playing at this, like, pinball arcade slash drugstore, you know, and he's playing. And then a kid bumps his pinball machine, and he ruins uh, his—ruining his um, high score. And Vance just starts wailing on the kid in the middle of the store. All the kids are going nuts. And we see in this flashback Vance carves the number 7741 in the kid's arm. Of course, Allison, this is not a flashback. This is one of Gwen's dreams. And in the dream, we see when the cops arrive and sort of take Vance into a cruiser, Gwen gets in as well. And she could hear Finney speaking to Vance through the police radio, even though, like, she can't talk, you know, in this dream. Right. However, finally, they drive to a house, the house we've seen before, the brick house of the black door and the gnarled tree. And outside the door, she sees the address 7741. But she doesn't know the street. So now... And when she wakes up, she has to pedal around until she finds the right 7741. She is busting her ass, hitting these streets. Oh, this is so much cardio. Um, on the phone, Vance tells Vinny, you know, when I was here, he did what we sort of allude to earlier, which is like he just started busting up the place. He's like, I actually broke through the wall across from the toilet. Like, I damaged it so much that I realized, of course, he then uh, murdered me. But behind it, it's, it's patched up really shoddily. Uh-huh. Cause, and if you were able to get through that part of the wall, behind it is a freezer. If you're able to pull the metal plate off the back of the freezer, you could get into the storage room, which then you could get out. And I'm like, oh, okay. my God. Wow. Like, this kid has, like, been eating, like you, got, like, you got to eat one scrambled egg. He's been here for days. Like, right. he's going to have to have
2: the strength to break through a wall. Yeah. Ugh. And to do it without, I mean, I guess yeah. technically it's soundproof down there, so. But yes,
1: that's the one saving grace. And yeah. finally, Finney uses a toilet tank, and he's able to break through that part of the wall and then uses take, takes apart, like, the flusher mechanism to, to use yeah, yeah. a
2: screwdriver
1: to take the screws wow. out the back
2: of the freezer. I couldn't figure that shit out.
1: I know, which is full of steaks. And I was like, for a second, I was like, oh, no, are we are supposed to take their kids' steaks? But there's no implication. No, it, it's just, just regular steaks.
2: This just strikes me as somebody who's like, I have a freezer full of meat, and that's what I consume. Yeah.
1: And also, I'm like, what is this guy's job that he can just afford all these steaks? But yeah. we, we never find out. So he's almost there, but then he cannot open the door from the inside. And it's, like, sort of an old-timey, like, freezer door where, like, you have to lift the handle and pull out. Oh,
0: So he yeah. cannot
1: push it out. It's impossible. And this is the first time he crawls back out into the hallway. He breaks down sobbing, like, all yeah, is lost, And he's like, first. I can't do this. Finny. And the, and the black phone rings one last time. <laughs> I'm literally going to cry. Like, I cried in the, in the movie at this point. It's Robin. And he knows Finny immediately because he has not been dead that long.
2: Right. And he's like... I'm with you. I've been with you this whole time. You
0: have? A man never leaves a friend behind. And I'm not going to leave you behind.
1: Oh. And Finney's like, I don't see how that's going to happen. Like, I've tried everything. Right, everything. Like, yeah, like, you're the strong one. I'm just the wuss. And Robin's like, you know, we're going to... Uh, yeah, I always told you two things. Remember? And he's like, oh, I remember you telling me to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Robin's like, I told you you have to, like, step up and... You have to be the one to fight back. So he says, I'm going to help you make a weapon, which, again, is the trailer. I realize in the trailer, like, shows all these important moments, which I hate when trailers do, but, you know. But they do play this, like, very, like, I think, like, kind of like a tender moment. And you see Robin's ghost, again, like, sort of this grayscale ghost with, like, Mm -hmm. blood. And he's like, I cannot have died for no reason. Like, you have to get out of here. And I'm just like, oh, why? I know. And so he has him packed the receiver with um, dirt. So at least it has some heft. And it is like he's going to bash the grabber with it when he turns his back. And so he slices through the phone cord so he's not tied to the, um, the actual phone yeah, yeah, anymore. Yeah. And then he hangs it up so the grabber doesn't realize anything is wrong immediately. And we see Robin sort of going through the motions with um, Finney to sort of like yeah. teach him how to swing the receiver. And finally, you know, Finney's like, well, I see you again. And Robin said, this was the last call. Good luck. And so Finney has to sit in the basement waiting for the grabber, who we see is off buying lie uh, a tarp, and an axe. Nope. Well, At this moment, Allison, Max looks at his evidence board and has a dawning look of realization. Thank God. Wait a minute. My brother is the grabber. And at this exact time, Gwen is pedaling around, and we see again in the trailer, she screams when she sees all of the previously murdered boys, all five of them yes, lined in up the in the street. She falls, she turns, and the house directly in front of her, 7741. Gwen immediately rushes home and calls the detectives, and it, it, I, this would never happen in real life, but they uh, believe her, and
2: they immediately yeah, fucking not. <laughs> throw on their sirens, and then it's a race against time. Feels very silence of the lambs. Yeah, somehow all of this, like getting to the hat. Like there's something it is about actually,
1: yeah, it's yeah, that pretty ending. similar. Um, and of course, we also see the grabbers in his van. He's driving back from the hardware store. Allison, Finney's in the basement. He sees the basement door open, and it's Max. And Max is like, "Oh my god! Like I knew he was hiding something from me, but oh no, I didn't Not a know this." Child. And Finney's like, please call my dad, please call my sister, or the cops, like, please let me out. And he's like, oh, don't worry, he went into work, you're safe. Hey, do you want to know how I figured out it was him? And before Max could even get the next word out, an axe swings down and buries itself in his head. The chat called it. The grabber has walked into the stairwell and murdered his own brother with an axe. And, of course, he immediately turns to Finney and says, look what
2: you made me do. Fuck off. Fuck you. That is absolutely not his fault.
1: yeah. And the grabber is, like, seething, and he's like, you, uh, you know, tells Fiddy, I usually use a knife, but I want to make this as painful as possible. So he calls Samson down to the basement and chains him to the wall, implying he's going to stick the dog on Fitty. No. And finally, we see, all, basically, like, we, our understanding of it was that, like, all, everything that ghosts recommended that he do didn't work. So our assumption right. is it didn't really add up to anything. But now we see that all the ways that ghosts have helped them inadvertently They knew what was going to happen, but he didn't. So they've sort of set up like sort of a Rube Goldberg-esque death trap, which we also alluded to in the chat. So he runs down to the bathroom. He leaps over the rug, not knowing there's a pit under it. The grabber falls in and breaks his ankle on the metal grate from the window, which is at the bottom of the pit. Yes. And he's kind of up to his torso. And then Feeney just starts bashing him in the the face with a phone and then strangles him with a phone cord And as he does, he holds the receiver to the grabber's ear and all the ghosts start, like, taunting him with a variation on something they told Finney. Like, we hear Vance say, today's the day, motherfucker, the last day of your pathetic little life. And it ends on Bruce declaring, Finney's arm is mint. And with that, Finney snaps the grabber's neck and he sort of lets his body go and he collapses into the pit and then, fortunately, to get past Samson, who is very much alive, he grabs this now thawed-out steak from the freezer and he throws it to the dog. Meanwhile, right. this was like again in the like now that I understand it, I, I you know we're we're gonna discuss it, but like this yes. is also a moment of pure horror because we see the cops have gotten to seven seven four one. They're searching the house. We see the evidence board. They know they've been here before. There's no one there until they see the basement door and Allison. When they descend the stairs, there is no basement cell. Instead, there is a dirt floor with five graves and one empty grave standing open. And I was like, "If we're about to find out that Fiddy is already a ghost, or he's dead, or this isn't real, I'm going to be so bummed." But luckily, it's so not dumb. that. Okay, good. Because like, so we see, yes, we but see again, the again a very swim. Silence of
2: the Lambs uh, twist.
1: Well, that's basically what the twist is. So they all yeah. rush in. The cops are there. Gwen's outside, like, trying to, like, save her brother's there. We see Fitty walk up the stairs. He walks out the front door, and he is walking out of the house across the street. And we find out the grabber owned both homes, one home he kept the victim alive in, and the other one that he stayed in with, with his brother, and the other one that was empty was the one with the dead bodies. I'm like, again, what is this guy's
2: job? What yeah, is, owning two you, homes. I mean, I know it was a different point in time, but still. I guess maybe that's the thing. Yeah, you could you could work a regular job,
1: have free time, and still own two homes, one yeah. of which you uh, used to b- bury people. And Gwen turns and she sees Finny and the cops all run over to him. The cops, and the detectives, are like, "Oh my God!" They all run over to him. They put him in the back of an ambulance, and their dad arrives, sobbing, and basically begs them to forgive him for how he's acted. Then I appreciate it again. There wasn't like a, of course we forgive you. Right. They're both just so like exhausted and tired. They just sort of look at him as he like gets on his knees and like grabs their hands and like sobs. And we hear the cops give a press conference saying, you know, the grabber's reign of terror is over. And they believe they found the body of all the children that had been abducted. And we see Finney returning to school, which was also like, oh my God, he has to go back to school? School? But it turns out now he's a legend. Everyone thinks he's super cool. And Donna sits next to him at their lab table and says, Welcome back, Finny. And he turns and he smiles and he says, Call me Finn. The end. Okay. Um, So a nice ending. A very nice ending. Allison, let's just discuss some fatal mistakes that um, people in this movie may have made. Fatal Mistakes.
2: I mean, I get, once like the, I mean, once abductions became like a normal thing, like how are you just letting your children walk around by themselves all the time? Yeah. You're ask, you're, not you're asking for it, but like you're really setting them up to get abducted.
1: Yeah. Um, we, uh, Sabrina says there's no sympathy in the chat for the dad. A lot of fuck you dads. And I think that it was a, um, absolutely a fatal mistake of if your child seems to have inherited from your wife, Yes. A um, second sight, uh, uh, some sort of connection to the, the, the other side. Yes. Don't punish her for it. No. If anything, no. Should be listen sort to of, her. Sort of like uh, Stephen King's Firestarter. Don't punish mm-hmm. them, teach them to use their skill, and then will will help you um, get your son back.
2: Yes, exactly. Um, from the chat, Jamie, uh, some fatal mistakes. We have Jamie said, don't help strangers. Mm-hmm. Fully agree. Meg, don't talk to any magicians. I mean, that's just a life rule that we should all be obeying.
1: I will say, there was a certain moment where I'm like, you're telling me this guy drives around in that van, wearing a top hat with white makeup on during the day, and nobody put two and two together. Yeah, you know what? We should
2: investigate this a little bit.
1: We should look into this gentleman. Yes. This guy who seems to be just doing his own thing. Yeah, the, the cops constantly make fatal mistakes. Yeah, we don't yes. see a ton of insight into their um, investigation, but it does seem to be pretty, pretty lackluster.
2: I mean, the fact that they had that, like, you know, Max's full board of stuff, and it's like, you should take it seriously.
1: Um, Rachel says, I want to know who the original grabber was. Well, you know, I, I, unfortunately, I think we're just sort of assuming that this happened to Ethan Hawke's grabber character. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, we're we're reading. I, I think it's implied that something terrible to him happened to him, but he is,
2: as far as we know, the grabber who has done all of these children's yeah, probably murders. Probably his parents just yeah. kept him down there or something awful.
1: But again, that's something where we're giving uh, the movie a lot of credence to imply that it's as logical and coherent is that. Yes. um because it could be so he was just abused in a more traditional sense and then this was sort of what came out and this yes. is sort of his um you know because um the, at least the children we know about they have you know they've only been abducted over the last two years so I think we're all the thing, right it is Ethan Hawke um this entire time <sighs> don't stay with your brother I, I mean I think it's like if you lose yeah. your job you know I mean it's, it's really nice of him to do but you know and I guess maybe that's sort of confusing too it's like your brother is nice enough that you could crash with him while you're unemployed. Yes. But that same guy is also murdering children. Yes. Steven says, grabbed people, grabbed people. Yeah. 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 Abby says, fatal mistake for the grabber leaving the phone in the basement. That's a good yeah. point. Because it's like, would the ghosts have been able to communicate if there wasn't a device? Would they have, right. would, would they have talked out of the toilet? Now that's There's a movie. a movie. Oh, that's a movie. The
2: black toilet. Ugh, Kelsey, I black we never
1: found out why Finney was special. You're absolutely right. I'm. I I think that it is because he and his sister were special in some way because of their mother. I think yeah. his specialness is connected in to that in some way. Like maybe their mother had some sort of was psychic or had some sort of like was yeah. a medium or something and that this is the reason there's that the the grabber is picking up on that in a in a way that wasn't even aware yeah. of
2: or just like recognizing like what his home and his relationship with his parents specifically his father might be.
1: Yeah. So I agree it, we never really get it spelled out. And also it could be that the grabber just tells every kid that. Like every kid's like, "Oh, right. you're special." just to like psychologically like manipulate them. That also yeah. seems extremely possible cuz you can't trust anything that guy says. No, definitely not. But um, yeah, the fact that he heard the phone ringing when he was a child, I think it's like, is Finney able to do this in the way that like, is the grabber also somebody who is sort of picking up on these kinds of things? Like, is he, you know, but maybe, you know, not aware of, of that part of himself, which again also seems like a very Stephen King thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, that it. It's sort of every day, but also implies like someone has like an intuitive ability that they may not be aware of. Or again, like Firestarter, just being like, right, your parents having powers and then you being born with this, you know, this ability. Um, thank you, Hannah, for buying a you hate to see it hat. Thank oh, you.
2: Our favorite. And Amy said a fatal mistake for Max was talking too long. Talking which, like, too yeah, long. lay off the coke, bro. You're going to like not be able to get through things quickly. Yeah. Too many thoughts, not enough time.
1: Boy, And you know, I think, this is not a fatal mistake, but a question to you, Allison. If you had a sibling, or let's just even a friend, would you not think it's weird that they owned two homes across from one another? Yes. Because the end implies, the fact that Max knows enough to go into the basement of the other house
2: implies that he knows he it's knew- his
1: brother's house. Right. So it's like also, the house- why
2: were they staying together, like-
1: Yes. Why wasn't wouldn't he just
2: staying in that house? Yeah. Wouldn't you have been like, hey, I'd, I'd be, be like, like you why aren't I two in homes? the yeah. empty house? Like, why am I in this house with you?
1: That's a great question because it looks like both of them are furnished. You know, like it doesn't right. look like, oh, just right. standing like it's up, like but empty or something. Redo yeah. it or
2: something. Yeah. That's a great, a great point. But he was preoccupied with um, everybody in 1978's drug of choice. <laughs> yeah.
1: Boy. Huh. Um, you know, listen. I would, what I would absolutely watch an origin story for the Grabber. I would watch a prequel, yeah, yeah you know, for sure, a '50s version of this. Ugh, you know that's Oy. that's not going to be good. No. Um, and then I think we're, I think we're, it's it's time. I think we yeah. have to t- take it to the spooky scale, Allison. Where would you rate the Black Phone on the spooky scale? A spooky scale.
2: It's like an eight or a nine. Hmm. Like I think, I think because it's all played so realistic that even though it's like spirit stuff, which I think usually brings things down a couple pegs for me, um, and for that, like, it's all, and also like that, yeah, like the the spirit stuff is part of it, but it's not part of the immediate danger. Yeah, like all of the actual danger is mm-hmm. real and therefore like could happen, which always makes things scarier. So plus those masks suck.
1: Yeah, the masks are terrifying. And I do agree. It's like, if anything, like the supernatural element is actually only helpful. It only helps Gwen. It might be hard to deal with. and like the ghosts only helped. They were only trying to right. do their best. Which I think is like a fun play on, you know, so many horror movies of like assuming spirits would be malevolent or like ho- confused in a hostile way. And it's like, no, these ghosts were doing the absolute best. They were showing up. They're trying to help him and give yeah. him information that, to, to, that he could help the, to get out of there. Yeah. Um, Kristen says, does he just walk the bodies across the street? Kristen, a great question. Because the implication is yes. And I'm like, would no one on that block? Right. Hey, you know like it, five that weird, times? That grotesque magician who wears white face paint in the middle of the day. I've seen him carry a bunch of rolled up rugs. Maybe that's what it was for. Yeah, that a bunch sense. of rolled up rugs into his other with a sort of a body shape in the middle across the street. Um, Bell says eight out of ten phones. Yes. Julian Amber say four. Okay. Wow, okay. Um, Lauren, uh, seven out of ten interchangeable masks.
2: <laughs> Ashley said I cried more mm-hmm. than I jumped nine on the sad scale. Yeah, that definitely yeah. seems accurate. And then uh, Sea
1: of Ire, uh, eight for child neglect. I agree. I actually liked this movie, and I think it was like a well-made movie, but I really just, it, it, it was incredibly sad and incredibly, just felt like a metaphor, you know, just like, for, like, children being abandoned and not having any— sort of being, like, the idea of, like, coming of age and losing your innocence and having to, like, know about all the horror in the mm-hmm. world, yeah. which, again, I was not mentally prepared for no. either time I saw it. Um But in terms of scariness, I agree. I'm going to give it a six because I do think the masks are very scary, and I think the initial sort of, like, realization is scary. I honestly think part of the reason—and I don't want to speak for the, anyone in the chat— is that the numbers aren't higher, is that, like, the trailer gives away so much. Like, if you did yeah. not have a trailer that walked you through that entire movie, so many more moments would have been jarring and would have been yeah. like, oh, my God. Like, he to speak past him. But it, it kind of, um, I, you know, and again, listen, this is a spoiler uh, podcast. Who am I to judge? But uh, I think when you have a very straightforward movie and you depict a lot of that in the trailer and there is no twist or there is no other element right. that's surprising... It, you know, it kind of—it it sort of prepares you in a way that I think does make it a little bit less scary. Yeah. Um, maybe Gwen praying to Jesus was connecting to the spirit world and caused the kids to call, to call the phone. That would make sense, too. Yeah, I'll take but, it. Because the grabber implies that like when a phone rang for him when he answered it no one was there like it wasn't really a call right so it wasn't like he was getting calls from the spirit world and I'm assuming that's because like the spirit world knows he's a serial killer you know right but then it's like if if you heard it as a a, a kid you know that's that's also sad but um yeah I, I'm gonna give uh, I'll give Jesus credit for that and let's sure. let's all drink one last time for Jesus yeah one for Jesus. I think if Jesus could do that, he absolutely would. If Jesus could get ghosts to call a, a kid on the phone to help them get out of the situation, he would. Again, I don't, uh, much like Gwen says when she first asked Jesus, she says, I don't know the rules, and I, I don't know the rules either about what Jesus can and cannot do from, yeah. from the beyond. But, um, guys, um, we hope you really enjoyed this. And Yeah, it's good to uh, be back.
2: Yeah, okay, it's so good to have you, Allison. It's just, mm, you know, it's been a time. I miss, I miss you, y'all. too. And thank you again for joining us. Yeah. This was a delight. This felt great, and we're, we'll have another live show coming up. Well,
1: guys, thank you so much for um, watching. We love you very much. Yes. And And um, until next time, until next month.
0: We must um, ask. We'll, or I guess,
1: yeah, next yeah, month's a live show. Month, but Tuesday, yeah. you know, obviously we'll, we'll yes. talk to you. And always. Uh, to the black
2: phone. Please, keep, keep it spooky. spooky. We love you. We love you. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa.